0: You are now listening to <laughs> Yet Another Podcast Podcast set. America, a beautiful white place, that's not happening. I'll keep rabbin'in, crowds attracting, you're subtracting it, I'll discover, unite the lover, teach the brother, fight the upper Young black eagle hunting evil. I want peace, but that's illegal. Young brothers doing life in prison. Love is life, and life is worth living. Out is wrong, read the Quran. Grab the mic and drop bombs. to raise my glass to anyone out there who will do the same with me and cheers to everyone who was hoping that this trump rally on saturday failed as it did it was really a great thing to see let me take a sip here cheers So good Cheers everyone And um You know if you're feeling like me And You were hoping that that rally Fell flat on its face And witnessed it do such Um It was a great night It was a big win for us And um You know to see Trump humbled In that kind of way You know Uh touting that You know a million people Had registered for tickets And uh You know, all kinds of these crazy numbers Uh, They overshot (laughs) there They overshot a little bit, didn't they? And um, to have only about 6,000 plus people show up to an arena that holds 19,000 people Was really something to see And it put a big smile on my face This was actually the uh, first full Trump rally I've ever seen and I know that maybe seems surprising to anybody who's, um, listened to anything I've ever said, um, throughout this podcast, which is a lot of stuff about Trump, but doesn't mean I don't know or don't keep up or don't, haven't seen clips or, you know, don't hear everything he says and, uh, or not everything he says, but a lot of what he says and read a lot about, um, you know, what he's said and done throughout his, um, his presidency here over the last three and a half years, and, um, you know, it was uh, just what I expected, Um, a sea full of white faces, Um, I saw a few black folks, Um, they're, they are always positioned directly behind Donald, um, within frame. Um, That's one thing I did notice from watching the clips over the years. Uh, And anyway, um, you know, to have him come out to uh, an underwhelming crowd really made me feel good because I know he was stewing backstage and angry and just wondering what the fuck happened, you know? Flying over in Air Force One and seeing the lackluster crowd. It must have been great. I wish I could have been on that plane, uh, flying on the wall, and just, uh, just to see and hear what he, uh, what he said to his aides and to, uh, his officials. And, uh, you know, he came out and did his thing and, um, did his shtick like Trump always does, you know, for that, for that particular crowd. They eat it up. And, um, you know, he's up there doing stand up, uh, for that. For that particular crowd. You know, they think it's funny. And, um... You know, it was, it was it was funny. I read, you know, the day after. My brother had mentioned something to me a little while ago. But I, I saw that these, uh... <clears throat> these TikTok users had... Uh, and K-pop uh, fans had, uh... Kind of pranked the president. And, uh, registered for... Numerous amounts of tickets. And, uh... Blew up the spot. And, um... Uh, really ruined the whole uh, turnout for Trump, which was really great. You know, he had planned to happen a uh, speech with him and Pence doing for the overflow that they expected um, outdoors and they had to tear down the whole stage that they had built before he even spoke, um, which was also, wow, you know, uh, for somebody like me, it was, like I said, it was a little, it was like, it was like a victory, you know, um, doing what he did having it there having it uh during juneteenth the celebration of juneteenth weekend um you know moving it to the day after which didn't mean anything and then um to have it fail the way it did um it was a huge victory for us and you know they tried to act like um you know some of the black lives matter protesters had intimidated these supposed trumpers and um wouldn't allow them access into the arena which was complete bullshit from any media there any police there it wasn't like that at all there were many entrances and exits in and out of the uh, arena and um you know six thousand found their way inside and i'm sure if there was uh, more they would have found their way inside too these people aren't easily intimidated they're looking for a fight um they're ready for a fight and uh you know, so that, that wasn't the case, but that's what the Trump administration does. And, you know, after a while you just get tired of the lies. But it was a big win for us. And it's always great to see this man, because he's not a president, but this man be humbled. Because there's very few times in his privileged life that he has been humbled. And this was a big one. And maybe he learned a little lesson with that, you know. Not even knowing what Juneteenth was. Uh, didn't know the history of it. Amongst many things in our American history that this man doesn't doesn't know and doesn't understand. And it's just another one. And um just goes to kind of tell you everything you need to know about this guy. Um, that he has... He's won a position that he doesn't deserve To be an American president. He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't know anything about American history doesn't care much to learn about American history and you know Now he's got to throw him back in his face Um, And It was a good thing And you know to have him come out there and you know first his son that dolt Eric uh, To come out there and kind of warm up the crowd and you know, call us animals. Call the protesters animals, um, and you know that we're destroying the moral fabric of our of our country. Just says it all of what this guy's been taught by his father, and what this family believes. You know, he, Donald himself, once he came out, you know, in between all his shtick, he didn't really mention anything with the racial relations going on right now with the, the, uh, this movement that's going on throughout our country and throughout the world. He barely spoke about it. Um, he used the time to kind of, uh, use racist remarks towards China, again, for the coronavirus, and call it the Chinese flu and the Kung flu. He got a little trouble for that, a little heat. And his little Barbie doll had to go up in front of the media and uh, defend him like she always does. And, you know, th- there are answers for all this shit. Every time he says something that's ignorant or racist or stupid, they have to go up there and, and fix it. And uh, she didn't give the... Uh, it was actually the, the the one clip I saw was an, was an Asian woman, uh, a journalist. Who asked the question about the whole Kung Flu comment and how that, um, how does the president, you know, say that and, you know, how does he feel when he says something like that? And how does, you know, two Asian Americans that are out there that, that maybe feel hurt by that or feel disrespected in, in a lot of ways. And, uh, she had no answer. She just ran around the question like they always do and um place blame on china again and said the president uh, you know is trying to point out the fact that china is blaming us for it um and so they never gave an answer for the whole racist remark so the whole night was a debacle it was just really really <laughs> Uh, for me entertaining to see because I knew inside you know he was burning up and um, totally disappointed with all those blue seats on camera for everyone to see all those empty blue seats not one of these idiots well let me stop there were a few people that wore masks but if you watched it, the majority of these people, these folks, sitting right next to each other. No masks. No social distancing going on. But I'll be curious to see, you know, what happens with these people and this virus, you know. And that was a big, a big story and a big problem and a big concern uh, for him having this, this rally right now and him chomping at the bit to get back out and get on the campaign trail and do his thing. Um, You know, he also kind of hyped up the police um, force, didn't really talk much about that other than kind of saying they're good people and we need to have police. um, And the uh, toppling of these, Confederate monuments and these racist monuments that are around the country and world and how he uh, said it was a disgrace to uh, destroy our history. And, um, you know, he knows exactly what to say to that crowd and those people, you know, that's what they want to hear. That's what they believe. They are not budging an inch. They don't want to budge an inch. They are from a long line of racist, ignorant people. Who just don't want to change. And just don't want to give anybody else a chance or a shot to make it. Um, you know, as long as they're good and they're safe and snug in their little white neighborhoods and towns. Wherever the, it may be. They don't they don't have any care or concern about anyone else out in the, out in the world or, the, or, the, or our country. But they claim to be these patriots. And that they love America so much. Well, if you love America so much... You love your you love your fellow Americans, no matter what color they are, religion, race, creed, whatever. We're all Americans, and so when you don't support something like Black Lives Matter or anything like that, when when there's injustice done to a certain group of people, then you're not an American. You're you're an outsider to me. You're an outsider. You're not a patriot. They use that term too often. You know. You know, I saw this, um, to talk about a little bit about these people, I saw this documentary recently. It's called No Man's Land, if anyone's interested in checking it out. It was late night and I was kind of flipping through stuff and just threw it on, not really knowing much about what it was about. But to keep it short and sweet, uh, it's from a few years back, and it was about these ranchers who um, sort of protested when a few of their friends, a few fellow ranchers, um, got arrested for lighting fires on their supposed land out in Oregon, in Burns, Oregon. It's way out there in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's beautiful land, beautiful country, um, just big, you know big and wide it's just that picturesque type of uh, place you know in America that uh these guys are out there and they so they protested at first and then they went into um form a a group a militia and so um they gathered together and um they they took over this um they took over this um Wildlife Refuge, right and they went and took it over, they grabbed their all their guns and gear, and they went and occupied this space and they posted themselves up and were ready for war basically um and you know when I within like I don't know maybe ten minutes into the um documentary and it was well done the documentary was well done um but about ten minutes in, you know what they they had this scene where uh, they have these, these, these couple of signs posted out front of their little place they're occupying. And I'll read it to you. The first one says, Tyranny is cruel, unreasonable, arbitrary use of power or control. And then about four feet to the right, there was another sign that said in all caps, Black Lives Matter, BLM. Another intrusive, tyrannical government entity doing what they do best abusing power and Oppressing the backbone of America So right then and there when I saw that within 10 minutes in I kind of knew what these guys were about You know, they're claiming to be Patriots. A lot of them were ex- veterans uh, Which most of these guys are they, you know, they've gone to war they Serve their country And um, they come home and they realize that their country doesn't give a shit about them. And um, then they get angry and they find a a cause to fight for. And um, this was one of them. And so these guys held out for a month. You know, the FBI got involved eventually. And that's another thing. When these guys, these these particular militias, these white militias, these alt-right type of militias go off in the middle of nowhere and they do these kind of things you know the police are hesitant to kind of step in for for a while <clears throat> and they kind of leave them be And the media jumps all over it as they did with these men and these guys had nothing to say other than fuck the government I'm not scared of the FBI and all that kind of talk and you know we're not gonna back down and this is our American right and all that kind of shit while they're carrying their rifles and tearing down cameras and you know, flying the flag upside down and all that kind of shit. And um, they held out for a month. And then the uh, FBI finally, you know, comes in. They, <laughs> they post around the whole site and uh, they have these checkpoints. And at one point, uh, one of the leaders goes on a road trip to, I guess, speak to a governor, which is about maybe a hundred miles away, a hundred miles north, I believe, uh, to, to to try to settle things uh, at this point, because they weren't getting anywhere. There was no plan. Every time the media, from week to week, asked these guys, "Tell us, what's the plan here? What do you, what do you, wh- what's your meaning? What's your point? What do you, what do you plan to do out here?" And they would just smile and say, uh, "You know, when we figured out, well, they had no plan. There's just a bunch of guys dressed in camos who had their guns, who thought they were doing something." Uh, patriotic and really they're just a bunch of bums uh sitting out in the snow in the cold away from their families thinking they're doing something for their country and um so anyway this one of the leaders a uh, couple of the leaders get in this truck and they go head north on this road that is like a stretch of like i mean i don't know how many miles but just there's nothing there but pine trees and snow banks and i mean it happened to be snowing during this time so i mean there's snow covered roads and everything and of course they 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 tell the media where they're going uh because they're so brazen and so confident that nobody's gonna fuck with them um not even the fbi and so um they take this road trip there's uh, i think two men and two women in the truck and you see the camera from the inside as well as the helicopter the fbi's helicopter And they're on this road, and here comes the FBI. Whoop, whoop, whoop. The guy slows down. They start to yell out the window, Who are you? Announce yourself. They know it's the FBI, but, you know, Don't shoot. Don't shoot. They finally decide to start driving again. Not long after that, they come to a roadblock. They crash in a snowbank. The driver, one of the leaders, gets out of his car. Don't shoot. Gets out there. Go ahead and shoot me. I know you want to shoot me. Don't shoot. Goes and reaches for his gun. They kill him right on the spot. They start to light up this truck. And you start to hear this, the confidence in these people's voices start to waver. And now they're scared because bullets are literally, I mean, they're just just, uh, tearing this, this truck apart. The other three weren't killed, um, only the driver was. Um, I know I said that I was going to keep it short and sweet, I never do, I always run on, and I'm apologizing for that, but, um, anyway, uh, they go out there and, um, you know what, I'll leave, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that, well, no, I won't. They ended up getting off, as they always do, all of them, got off, went to court, were arrested, went to court, went to trial, um. And they got off, all of them, with nothing. Um, they claimed it as a win. They were all hugging and kissing each other. We won. We won this battle. They, uh, The driver who was killed was, uh, you know, a martyr to them in some in some sort of way. And, um, you know, these, these guys who can do this, these white men who can do this really is what it comes down to, that can do this kind of thing, um, they always get off. They always get off. I mean, these guys were out there for a month with machine guns, you know, just talking all kinds of trash to the feds and, um, they get, they get off. And to talk about that, to talk about these militias, you know, you know, a lot of these guys, like I said, they're ex-military. They need something to do. And so, you know, they've got tons of guns and ammo. And they want to go out there and they want to, uh, flex. And they, and they claim to be protecting us, the citizens of whatever particular town, usually in the Midwest, uh, that you might live in. And, you know, I read this, um, I'm reading a lot of stories lately because, you know, this is, this movement is huge and it's affecting even rural America. You know, these, these white towns that are out in the middle of nowhere with, you know, populations of, uh, Twenty to twenty thousand to fifty thousand to hundred thousand people, which are very small. And I, re- I read this one, and um, and this name's hard. I don't know if it's like it's a French name, but it's in Idaho. It's um, let's see, Cord Cordilline, Cordeline, I'll say Cordeline, Idaho. Um, population fifty thousand. And they said that this particular place, fifty thousand people, ninety-three percent white and one half percent black. Think about that, right? And these people in this small rural town in Idaho, who has a past for white supremacy and hatred and bigotry, these kids and these young people and, the, and people you know, of all ages are coming out for Black Lives Matter, for the movement. Even in these little towns, they don't even know any black people. They don't, they probably never even seen a black person. I mean, at one and a half percent. Very rare. And it's even affecting them. That's how much this video of George Floyd dying affected everyone worldwide. And it just goes to show you um, the good in the world that's still out there. And that a lot of white folks are stepping up and joining the movement and are a big a big part of this movement and we need that because we need all of us to stand together to make this thing stick and to make it work it can't just be all black folks out there while all the white folks sit on the sidelines no we have to stand together and band together and hold hands put our arms around each other and say we're not going to take this shit anymore it ain't happening here this is not what america is supposed to be we're going to re- rewrite this shit. And you know, they had this militia group come in this small town in Idaho. With all these, you know, people trying to put together an, a nice peaceful protest. And they had all these fucking guys with their leather vests. And their AR-15s. And assault rifles. And all that shit. Probably took them 20 minutes to get all that shit on. Like they're going to war or something. And they come in there from all these surrounding towns and the town of this particular place. A lot of them were from there to protect these people. And these protesters didn't need protection from anything. You know, these guys claim that we're going to protect our town from these rioters and looters. Out in the middle of fucking bumblefuck. Who's going to ride and loot your town out there? You're, you're looking... You're hoping that someone comes in there to do that so you can shoot somebody. You're not fooling anybody, man. That's what you guys are waiting to do to pull that trigger. You can't wait to shoot somebody. And many of the protesters said that they were intimidated by these men. They didn't want these men there, they didn't need these men there for protection. And that's how I feel, too. And I think most of us feel with these militia groups and these alt-right groups that claim to want to protect us and all they want to do is shoot somebody they can't wait till something pops off so they can start popping them guns and that's what these guys do that's what they want we don't want you we don't need you we don't need your protection guess what i'm more scared of you than anyone and I'm a white male. I'm more scared of you than anyone. You guys with these guns who storm down to the state capitol buildings, screaming in people's faces for your rights. All lives matter. That's what you're about. You don't get it. You still don't see what the movement is about. And you'll never get it. You know why? Because you don't want to get it. You don't want the change even when it doesn't even affect you, way out in Idaho or Oregon or Oklahoma, wherever. Doesn't really affect you, but yet you want to protect us from rioters and looters, which basically has stopped since the first week of this. I mean, it's June 22nd today. There hasn't been much about rioters and looters or any buildings being burned down or anything but peaceful protests all around the country and all around the world. Other than the toppling of these monuments, and those aren't violent things, other than when the people try to protect them when you come out with your guns and you try to stand around the monument and stop people from taking them down because you feel it's You're right as an American patriot to do so. And it's not. Guess what America is saying to you right now? We don't want you. We don't want your... Your ways, your racist ways. We don't want you anymore. You can leave. We'd all... It it would be such a better place if you all would just leave. Go find and make another America somewhere else for you. And leave us to it, because we're going to fix this thing. I, th- I really think that George Floyd's death sparked an interest in young people around the world. And around, especially in our country, especially in America. Because like I said on the last podcast, we don't educate, we don't learn in schools. We just don't learn about slavery, we don't learn about what happened here. We don't learn about all the atrocities we've done to black folks here in this country and that we continue to do. And so I think that without us teaching that in schools, and especially in these small towns in America, and even on the coasts, we don't learn about it. That with that video, and everybody watching that video, young and old, we all saw something that we just, you know, whether you you didn't understand how bad it was, or you did, it just shocked you no matter what how you felt about it, to watch that man die that slow death that way. Nobody with a fucking heart or a conscience or soul would feel any different than to be angered, outraged, and just disgusted by what police do here. And that was the one, that was it. And now look what's going on. You're gonna be pushed out, militia. You're gonna be pushed away, alt-right. You're gonna be pushed away, Donald Trump supporters. We're not going to take it anymore. We don't want you here. We wish you would open your minds. And open your hearts. And listen. And maybe learn. And want to change. I think most, if not all of us, would want that. But you've always been the ones to fight. Against what's right and be hateful and say the words you say hang people from trees bury people in ditches assassinate our leaders when they stand up for equality and justice we're not going to take it anymore and if you're not going to get on board You're gonna get left behind. So you better figure it out. Because things are changing right before your eyes. Your president can't save you. All the people that were on the fence with Donald Trump and maybe supported Donald Trump over these last three or four months a lot of people have changed their minds and you saw that at that rally. He couldn't even get those diehards to come out. 6,000 people in a 19,000 seat arena for Trump. That's saying something, everybody. That's a big win. So here, another cheers, cause I, you know, I want another sip. Cheers. I hope everybody is doing well out there. You know, the virus still rages on. We are up to almost 120,000 people who have died from coronavirus in the USA. You know, things are starting to spike up in all these states that opened early on the uh, approval of the president and the White House uh, because they need to get the economy back. And, uh, you know, now we see these things spiking in these places and you know it's affecting a lot of young people a lot of people my daughter's age these millennials and uh you know, you know who want to go out and party and it's summertime and i get it but you know this lackadaisical attitude of that the coronavirus is not maybe real or it's a hoax or whatever it is or it's not that big a deal it's just not true wear your fucking mask wear the mask you know i see so many people um <laughs> you know online that are just like Spitting in people's faces, coughing and just doing just ignorant things to uh, You know, just other people who are just trying to protect themselves and you by the way by wearing a mask So where are you fucking masking and, and stop it already? I really think we have a great chance, you know I think maybe like a month ago, I was a little doubtful. I was really kind of like, man, I don't know this Donald. He might win again. Because, you know, even though this, whatever this guy says, whatever, how, however bad he fucks up, it doesn't seem to affect his base and these people, these hateful people who just follow this guy no matter what. They don't do their homework. They don't really dig deeper into what this man is about and his history. Um, he's crooked all the way up and down and um, now he's in office I mean we can't have four more years so now I'm feeling really 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 good about uh, for the first time in a long time you know with all this stuff going on and it just gives me a glimmer of hope but when it comes to this the race issues that we are having in our country right now and how we are going about trying to fix it and it's good to see that people of all colors are coming out and standing together and standing as one against evil and it's good it's good to see that but we as white folks it's up to us you know to be to be plain and simple we started this thing So now we have to check ourselves and we have to finish this thing. We have to end this. And it won't happen unless we do. It won't happen unless we stand up and say, yes, it was our fault. We fucked up. We did the worst things we could do. To our brothers and sisters. And we should ask for forgiveness. We have to ask for forgiveness. And we have to try. To get better. Because it won't happen unless we do it. It has to change the whole. That whole racist mindset. That we've all been taught by our forefathers, by our leaders. That's what systematic racism is. Sometimes you don't even know it's there. It's everywhere. Movies, media, books, just real life, everyday life. You have to open your eyes. Just take a A moment and just put yourself in someone else's shoes. It's as easy as that. How would you feel if this was done to you and your family? And your generations of your family? How would you feel if your child was treated that way? Spit on. Sprayed with hoses. Dogs sicked on your child. Pushed to the ground by police officers. Beaten by police officers. Thrown in jail. Called all kinds of despicable words how would you feel that's all it comes down to respect for another human being it won't change unless white people get up and change Hope anybody out there listening right now, you know, yeah, it's hard to talk about. It's hard to because it is so bad, and it's been going on for so long. It's almost like what the fuck, you know? But for people who haven't learned, go out and watch some documentaries. Go out and read some books. Go online and read. Research. Look into it a little deeper. If you haven't ever seen anything, I mean, I don't understand where you've been living at for the last how many, however many years, but go out there and do it. A lot of us have time now. Go out there and do it. Learn. And when you see these videos and you read these articles and you read these books and you read the history of what we've done, I don't know how you can't see that it was wrong, that it is wrong, and continues to be wrong, and that's what this whole movement is about. To wake us all up so we can have a bright future all together. It's as easy as that. Think about how better life will be if we all loved one another. Whether you think that sounds corny or not, it's, it's real deal stuff. If we had love for each other and we tried to help each other, all be better, life would be a lot easier and a lot. It'd be awesome. It would be an actual beautiful thing. Right now, all this hatred and violence is just not needed. I'm really proud of everyone out there whatever color you are if you're out there fighting fighting for what's right and fighting for justice and fighting for your brothers and sisters you know I'm proud of everybody out there doing that no matter how young or old you are you're good people and there's always been good people fighting the good fight but now are rising up in numbers and to all the people who are resistant and it's a little tougher for you to figure things out well I hope eventually you'll see the light and you'll come on over to our side there's nothing to be scared of <laughs> there's nothing to be scared of I hope everybody stays safe out there. I hope everybody is as feeling as um, hopeful and um, proud as I feel today for our country and what we're doing right now in this moment together. I hope you all stay safe. I hope you all get out and vote in November. And we get this guy out of office and we start anew. We try to start something new. Everybody stay safe out there. It was good talking to you. And I'll see you on the next one. on Capitol Street. Let's let the merchants down on Capitol Street feel the economic pinch. Let me say this to you. I had one merchant to call me, and he said, uh, I want you to know that I've talked to my national office today, and they want me to tell you that we don't need nigger business. These are stores that help to support the White Citizens Council, the council that is dedicated to keeping you and I second-class citizens. Now, finally, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be demonstrating here until freedom comes to Negroes here in Jackson, Mississippi.